Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. You want to turn with me? Let's go to the book of Galatians, the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles out in the back. Um, and we're going to make sure we turn the lights up so people can read their word and take notes. You guys doing good this morning? Yeah? We'll be reading in a different translation, but I want to read to you Galatians 6 through 7. I'm sorry, chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, starting at verse 7, says this. It says, do not be deceived. This is the word of the Lord. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I want to focus in on when Paul, as he writes this to the the, the Galatians, um, he says, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. A man reaps what he sows. A woman reaps what she sows. So as we, as we dive into this, I just want to offer this up to you. <clears throat> what is it that you're spending your time on? Like, where is your heart at with your time? Where's God at when you look at your day-to-day life on a weekly, on, on a daily, weekly, and a monthly basis? Where is he? Let's pray. Jesus. We honor you. We love you. We glorify you. Lord, I pray that your word would pierce through all of the mess of our life, straight to our heart and our soul, that you would speak what only you want to speak in this room. In your name we pray, amen. So as we go on this collection of talks and we're fasting, how are you guys doing on the fast, by the way? Thank you, Kelly. You guys doing all right? You're like, ah, I'm doing okay. Again, it's just, it, um, this is something that we encourage every year because many of us maybe not have had that discipline or habit of what fast even looks like, and so as you fast, I want you to pay close attention because I've already had people tell me this, right? Like there are things that will bubble up in your soul. That's not of God. Uh, Especially when you're fasting because remember, you're, you're saying no to your flesh. You're saying no to your body. You're saying no to certain foods and all of that, right? And you're saying yes to God and the spirit. And so when you do that though, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just hangry, I'm hangry. It's like, well, are you hangry? Because you're like always mad all the time, right? <laughs> or hey, this is happening, or you know, gosh, there's these things that are happening in my life, you know, and, and maybe there's generational consequences that are there. Maybe things are arising, and, and God, because he's a good father, he's trying to show you, I want you to, to do work in this area of your soul. I'm inviting you to work in this space. And that's why he's, powerful and amazing. That's why when we look at him and we say, God, whatever you want to do, well, you have to be careful when you say, God, whatever you want to do, because when you give your heart to him, when you give your life to him, when you begin to give your time to him, he will show you things. And what's difficult for us is 
It's one thing to say, God, do whatever you want to do, but then he brings something to you and says, hey, I need you to work on this. What requires, what, what does that require of you? It requires obedience. Obedience, obedience. We talked about last week that blessing is the soil. What was that, Adele? I, I even forgot it. What is it? Faithfulness. Faithfulness is the soil of blessing. And Adele remembered that. And I saw her, I'm like, gosh, yeah. And, and that wasn't my quote, by the way. That came from like a theologian that I found when I was doing my exegesis and all of that. But gosh, faithfulness. Faithfulness produces something in our life. Showing up and being constant and building habit when it comes to the things of God and his kingdom what it does, what we learned in the passage of scripture last week is faithfulness is the soil for God to do something and for God to bless us. And I'm not talking about monetary bless. I'm not talking, you know, you're going to have that, that uh, house on the beach because you've been faithful. No, that's not what I'm talking about. There could be that. Yeah, sure. But what I, what I want you to get at is, is what's, what's God doing in your soul, in your heart, in your life, in your being? Because we have this external body. And we have relationships and people that we're talking to and things that are going on in our life, but, but what God cares more about is what is inside. And so when we're faithful, when we're faithful, he shows up. So I just wanted to, to press into that because it goes into our subtitle. If we have the title, our title is time. We want to do unto the Lord, but we want to focus, I want, so today I want to talk about what does it look like to give your time to God? And if I had a, a subtitle, it would be reap what you sow. Reap what you sow. As Paul writes this to the Galatians, I, I want you to, to, to see God writing to you. He's speaking to you. He's, he's asking this question, like, what is it that you're devoting your time to? If we did a like, litmus test or if we kind of just did uh, like a survey on your life, maybe in the future we'll do this in, in our home communities, but man, if you were to just take out like a sheet of paper and say, okay, Monday, Tuesday, all the way to Friday, let's just start first five days of the week, right? And took inventory on everything you do from the moment you woke up. I woke up and got right on Instagram, right? I was on Instagram for five minutes. And then I went downstairs and, I don't know, I made coffee. And then I watched TV for a little bit and got all depressed because of the news, right? And then I went to work and I listened to, I don't know, whatever music you were listening to. And then you went to work and you were talking about this and that, right? And you worked and it was hard and it was difficult. And then you got back in your car and you're listening to the music and the rap and the hip hop. And I love all of that, right? But... There's words behind all of that. There's something that, that, got, that, 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 that can bring into your heart. And so then, there's just, then you get home and then you're fighting and arguing because something didn't happen right. And then you get back on Instagram and you're kind of scrolling and scrolling. And then you eat and enjoy time with family, but you're not really present. And then you go to sleep and then you just repeat. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you watched Netflix for like, watched a couple of episodes before you went to bed. Right? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm describing someone perfectly. Right? Uh, who knows? But I just want, I want you to see when you look at that, man, that's one full day of, of time that I've committed to other, if I could say it like this, gods or other idols. And what God wants to do in your, in my life is he wants to say, hey, what does it look like to give me time? 
And he, he has a kingdom that's different than our kingdom that we live in, right? And there's forces that come against his way and his goodness and his mercy and his grace. And so if we're not careful, we can, fall, we can follow suit into the ways of this world very quickly. And that's why time, man, like, I'll never forget when I was uh, working valet and I really didn't like it. It was super far and I was leaving the family and it was driving long hours and, and it was exhausting because I'm like getting car, like keys for cars and bringing all these cool things and that was all fun but I remember I'd run and I'd say, man, Sammy, how long are you going to be running? Like how long are you going to be running like this, man? Like we were just planning the church, I was starting school, life was just busy and I remember I would have opportunity to work more hours, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like, oh man, like in the valet, like Saturdays and Sundays are like the best hours. And I sometimes would go work Sunday mornings because it was the best hours. And then we had church in the evening. And so I'd go work and I'd come home, prepare my heart. We'd go like set up and tear down. I would get the trailer at Grandma Liz's house and drive all the way to Magnolia and set it all up and all that. But I remember I was so exhausted. And I remember I would tell myself when they'd be like, hey, Sammy, do you want to work Sunday morning? It's, it's an open slot for you, man. You got like seniority here. You've been here for a couple years. You want to do it? And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's more money. And I remember I was running one time and I had this thought that came to mind. And the thought was, I can, I can keep running and keep devoting time and keep making money, but I can't make, I can make up for lost money, but I can't make up for lost time. And I just kept resurfacing and resurfacing and resurfacing. And then I was like, hey, guys, I'm not doing Sunday mornings anymore. I'm sorry, I can't do it. So what does that look like for you with time? You can make up for more money, my friend. I can promise you that. But you can't make up for lost time. And that's like all shapes and sizes, right? Time with your family, time with your children. I'm not negating what we have to work. But when you're home, are you present? Kelly's been making that very clear to me. It's like another public confession. Every week I just confess. (laughs) It's my confession. Honestly, it's like, dang, Sam, like during this fast, God's been exposing something in me. It's like, man, like, be present. You know, that's what communion really is. Communion. Why why did Paul make it such a big deal in the scriptures when he said, gosh, you're not getting it? He was upset with the rich because they got there earlier and took the communion. And then the poor, because they worked longer hours, came later, and he was so upset. And he said, you don't understand what you're doing. You're You're not honoring the communion table. I wrote a whole paper on that. I did some exegesis on that. I'm like, yeah, 10-page paper. Yeah, I get what Paul's trying to say. And then I sit with a pastor who really does community well. I'm talking well. And he's like, hey, have you ever considered that communion is actually being present as well with each other, leaning in, listening to others? Listening to God? What is it? Do you have communion with God is the question. Are you leaning in? Are you listening? Are you taking time? Are you devoting time to actually say, God, whatever you want to do, expose the, the, the bitterness, expose the anger, expose whatever that is, and I want to lean in because you're, you're always speaking, God, so do whatever you want to do. But if you're not giving God time, 
you can't expect to really be hearing much from him. The verse describes a law that doesn't discriminate. I love this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. For some reason, God's just been putting that on my heart more and more. I heard that all my life. My mom and dad would talk about it. I heard it in church. You reap what you sow, right? And you look at Ecclesiastes, which we'll look at, King Solomon. But what does, like, the world say? We said this on Friday. Like, what does the world say? It's a, um, what goes around comes around. I always forget that because I, I, I hate that saying, but it's true. It actually came from the Bible. It came from you reap what you sow. So it's not necessarily karma. It's no, it's, it's how God established the way we live in this world. What you put attention to in your life, what you expose, what you focus in on will have some fruit to it, whatever that is. So my friend, if you want to be rich and own the house on the hill in Corona Del Mar, there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says it's, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. I'm not saying that money is evil. We, we need money to go around, right? But what I'm saying is if you want that, you can for sure have that. I, I, I believe you can. But, but then Jesus says, what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So we can do... Like, you need to hear this. This isn't a motivational speech. You can do whatever you set your heart to. You know that? You, 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 you toil the, the land. You, you, you get your shovel. You work hard. You work diligent. Whatever it is, if you focus enough attention on that, there will be ramifications of it. I can promise you that. So for me, as a man, for you as a woman, wherever you're at, I, I just know enough of the scripture and enough of God's goodness to say, man, I don't want this world like the, the world gives it to me. I want the way that God wants to do in my life. I want his kingdom. So I'm going to do, I'm going to toil the sand, the, 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 the ground. I'm going to turn it up. I'm going to do whatever I have to on my end. And it's God's job to do the rest. So you focus in, you reap what you sow, whatever you put your time and energy and heart and talent into, there will be something produced out of that. So the verse, again, I'll say it, the verse here, this is crazy, it does not discriminate. This law, this is a principle of life and it doesn't discriminate. It's fair, believe it or not, and applies to all areas of our lives. Whether it pertains to our families, our jobs, or during times of rest and relaxation, it serves as a warning for those of us who are out of sync and it encourages those who continue to help others without recognition. What you reap, you sow, my friend. So when you consider your time, I want you to ask yourself these, there's two questions I have for you this morning. Here's the first question. What am I or who am I being formed into? The scripture says in 2 Timothy, if you're taking notes, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it says this. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They will be boastful, they will be proud, they will be abusive, they will be disobedient to their parents, they will be ungrateful and unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, that's the most dangerous, but denying its power and Paul's writing to a leader in a community, so hear this. 
he says, have nothing to do with such people. What he means by that is who you spend your time with, right, is a direct correlation on where you're going to see the most fruit. So if I spend my time, I'm just saying this, and I say this out of love, but like, if I spend my time with people that are just like nagging all the time and depressed all the time, and again, there's a space for that that we need to pray in and encourage, but if I'm spending my time on a regular basis with someone that's just like, yeah, now nah, the world's just horrible, and man, the economy, and gosh, it's just, it's all doom and gloom, and like, good luck, like, man, I don't know, like, if you spend your time with us and individuals that, that bring that every single day, I, I can assure you, eventually, you're going to start thinking like that and talking like that. And believing that. So the Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. So again, when you look at your time, who are you spending your time with? And you should be pouring into people, but as you pour into those, you should be poured into as well. And and I can promise you the only source that you're going to find the most power is the source of God and the source of his spirit. But this is a whole description of what it looks like when you don't give your time and energy to God. I mean, it's, it's terrifying, right? Like, I definitely don't want to be like this. I don't want to be a lover of myself or a lover of money or boastful or proud or abusive or disobedient to my parents. I don't want to be ungrateful or unholy. I don't want to be without love. I don't want to, I don't want to like, be resentful towards people. And then he says... They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. So what we focus in our life and we focus into that that get the most attention and time, whatever that is, will increase. Is this making sense? It's very practical, my friend, right? What you spend your energy on, your focus on, your gaze on, there will be fruit and increase in that area. So when you focus your time with God and his kingdom, well, what happens? You're going to reap the blessings and the benefits and the beauty and the wonder of God. And here's the next question. What voices am I listening to? Again, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7 says, but understand this, in that day, there's going to be difficult times. We look at that again. I want you to focus in. Who am I listening to? Who am I allowing to speak into my life? That's why we need, if I could say it like this, that's why we need pastors and mentors. That's why we need people. And, and if you don't need to be a pastor to have wisdom. You don't need to be a pastor to have discernment. You get that from God. But you have to spend time in his word and you have to meditate on his word and you need to adore him in such a way where you're caught up with him and everything else seems to fade away because it's like I have to be dependent on who he is and I have to focus in on who he is and I have to devote my time. So the question is, are you listening to the voice of God or are you listening to the voice of people? That's a heavy one, isn't it? I can't tell you how many times in my life well, Kelly probably could, that I've listened to other people and other people and other people and other people. And there's a problem in leadership or there's a problem with the church or there's a problem with someone and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna go to this person. Hey, what do you think, man? Like, I'm just, instead of just being like, gosh, why don't you just sit under the mighty counselor? 
and listen to what God has to say, but, but notice that takes time, that takes devotion, and so we have to be the type of people that are willing to say, you know what, God, everything that I want to do in my life, the source and the peace and the beauty and the wonder and the power comes from spending time with you. If we can get that right, if you can devote your time into the kingdom, I'm curious to see what would happen in your life in this next year. Imagine what your life would look like if you devoted time to him, if you devoted energy to him. And I wanna be clear here, there are many times God has spoken to me through his people, many times. In fact, when we lean in enough and we're present to one another, he's speaking, he's always speaking, he's always doing something. And we can get a clear idea of what God is trying to say. And we can argue, I don't know if you've ever heard this one. Um, Time, right, let's talk, because we're talking about time. Time heals all wounds. Have you heard that? I'm like, I, I don't know if I fully agree with that, to be honest. Not when I look at the scripture. Not when I know that God is the one who heals our soul. Not when I know that there's people that have been walking and living with Jesus and, and, and spending time with him, but they haven't let him into the deepest part of their pain. Because you could be walking with pain for 20 years. You could be walking with pain for five years. So time doesn't necessarily, that's a lie, by the way, of the enemy. That's a terrible, 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 A terrifying lie. Because think about it. It's kind of true, but it's not. Hey, man, time heals all wounds. So just just let time go. And it's like, really? Well, that tells me that I just need to sweep whatever that is under the rug. But watch this. When you give your time to God, he starts to heal you. When you give your devotion to God, he starts to expose things in your life. When you begin to fast, he starts to expose whatever you swept under the rug years ago because time does not heal all wounds, my friend. God does. His power does. But you have to spend time with him to know what it is that you need to work on. Is that making sense? Very practical, but like, man, this stuff is so important for our life. So look at what Ecclesiastes says. Chapter three, starting at verse one. It's right in the middle of your Bible. This is King Solomon, known as one of the the wisest men that ever lived on earth. And I believe it because the Bible says it. He says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant. There it is. A time to plant. And then also a time to uproot. So you could be putting things in the ground, but there's also a time for you to pull things out, right? There's a time to kill and a time to heal. Now remember when he wrote this, but there's times that, that if I could say it like this, that you need to kill things in your life. You need to kill the monsters that are lurking in your soul. Out in the fog, you know they're there, out there? And you're like, oh, I swept them under the rug. They're, they're, well, you need to kill those things. But only God can, can help you do that. Does that make sense? It's like very metaphorical there, right? (laughs) So there's a time to kill and there's a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain 
from embracing a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. Now, notice what he's saying there, right? Because Jesus wouldn't say that, right? That's a whole other theological thing. A time for war and a time for peace. Gosh, do you see that? And look at what he says in verse nine. What do workers gain for their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful, watch this, in its time. In its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. When we were, um, just this past Friday, we had uh, just a, a Bible study, and there was someone in the room shared something so beautiful, and it's that we can work the ground. That's our part, right? And, and, and we grab our shovel, and it's like, man, God, I'm going I'm to be praying about this one thing, and I'm going to be diligent, and God, I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to ask, and I'm going to contend ground, and I'm going to turn the soil. But there's also a time where we have to realize, all right, this is in God's timing now. Because if I expedite this, if I try to purify or, or put all those toxins and like the stuff, right, to put on the soil to produce the, the fruit, right, you know what I'm talking about? If I try to juice the fruit up, if I try to do whatever that is not in my power to do, then I'm trying to play God and I'm trying to expedite things and it's in God's time. And that's what's hard for all of us, to be honest. We like to be in control. My friend, you're not in control. You're not sovereign. God is. God is the one that's in control. And we say this, you have, you have, I would argue you only have the capacity to control two things in your life. It's your actions and your attitude. Everything else, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into the ground and God, I'm gonna work hard on this. I'm gonna do whatever it takes, but I'm gonna realize, and I'm gonna lay the seed down, but Father, you're the one who brings the harvest. You're the one that brings in your proper time, when the season is right, you will do what only you can do. And we all need to hear that, that it's in God's timing. But that doesn't mean you give up. That doesn't mean you keep turning the soil. That doesn't mean you keep saying, all right, Lord, I'm here and I'm looking and I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm determined to hear you. I'm determined to get direction from you. I'm determined to see my family known by you. So I'm gonna do everything that I'm supposed to do on my end. But at the end of the day, God is the God of the harvest. He's the one who brings it. He's the one who does the work. Does that make sense? So 2 Peter says this, I love this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you. He's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So my question to you, friend, is, is your time unto the Lord? Whatever it is that you're asking God to do, is it unto the Lord? Is it in your own strength or your own might? Is it whatever, you, however you want to see it played out? Or have you, have you given it to God? Have you said, God, it's your will, not my will. But I'm going to work as it's unto you. I'm going to devote my time as it's unto you. Are you seeking his way above every other way? Are you investing time into soul care? So you make time for what's most important in your life. Yesterday we had a, I was a part of a Young Life meeting 
um, just for like the youth in our community. And uh, Pastor Mike, which I, I got to get him to come speak here one of these days. Man, he, he dropped a bomb on, on me in like the soul care moment. He just did like a brief teaching on it. And I just, we didn't have time to put it on, up on the screen. But this is so simple. So if you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down, okay, in light of time. There's two categories. The first is to engage, right? And the next is to resist. This is beautiful. It says, caring for our soul is engaging in daily, weekly, and monthly habits and practices that nourish our souls and transform our deepest desire and loves and that are in line with God and his desires. So watch this. The first is daily, okay? Say daily with me, daily. The first is daily. Daily habits and practices of our soul. I can do each day. What are things you could do each day? Here's an example. I can do daily scripture reading. I can do daily prayer. I can do daily confession of sin. Or I can do daily journaling. And then the next is resist. Watch this one. Daily habits and practices I must resist. Or that help make room for me. Examples, staying up too late. That's me. (laughs) Staying up too late. Checking my phone before reading scripture or just getting on my phone when I wake up. I must resist those things. Because then I'm saying that's Lord over my Lord. Right? Because whatever, again, my friend, whatever you put focus into, you'll find increase. So focus in on social media, and I don't really know what the increase is on that. It's like a decrease. The next is weekly. What are weekly habits and practices of your soul that you can do each week? Here's an example. Corporate worship in church, Sabbath, one to two hours of study or spiritual reading, weekly state of our soul, checking in on yourself, conversation with a friend or a mentor or a colleague. And then weekly, these are some things you can resist. Habits and practices I must resist. For an example, create a weekly limit on social media or screen time or news, whatever that is. And then monthly, what what are things monthly that you can be stepping into and giving time to? And then monthly, what are things that you need to stop doing? This is called soul care. Can I I say something that that might bother some people? God's not going to do that for you. That's saying, God, I want to spend time with you. God, I want to devote time into your presence. And we have to build spiritual disciplines and habits to do such. Does that make sense? So I want to invite you into that. Would you stand with me? Father, will you, will you show me, Lord, what it is that I need to give to you, that I need to uproot in my life, that I need to devote God, what are things that, you, that I need to resist and what are things that I need to engage in? Lord, I pray, Father, that this year, whatever it is that the people of this church sow into, sow into, sow into, God, I pray that this is gonna be the year of reaping. Father, I pray even in this community, in this church, God, we will continue to sow into the ground. So we're gonna do prayers, we're gonna do fasting, God, we're gonna dedicate 10 out, 12 hours from 10 to 10, and we're just gonna contend and we're gonna pray because your word says, you said my house will be called a house of prayer. So God, we're gonna 
sow into the, the ground and we know that there's reaping on the other end and so Father, we will wait patiently and we will know that it's in your time and it's in your place. So God, for the mother that's praying for the wayward child, Lord, it's in your time. But our job is to pray and to fast and to seek you for those that are looking for hope and meaning and joy. It is our job to do what is ours, but God, at the end of the day, you are the one who brings it in your time. But I just want to devote time to you. I just want to focus in on you. I want to recognize that I am becoming someone, that the voices that I listen to are shaping who I am, that the people that I surround myself with are shaping my identity and who I view myself as and who I view others as. So God, do whatever you want to do in my life. I devote my time to you. And it's all unto you, Jesus. It's all unto you, God. So I'll be faithful because I know that faithfulness is the soil into blessing. So right now, Jesus, I pray for people, men and women alike, that are, are willing to resist. God, I pray that you give them encouragement and power and strength to do what only they can do. I pray that they would just take it daily, daily, daily. So we love you, we honor you, God. In your name we pray.